Hey everyone, thanks for joining me as we continue walking through the strange paradiso. I have a couple of interesting things to share with you today. First of all, this first experience, I want to say that this was not told to me. What happened with this story is uh, somebody that I know had found this story, read about it, or something a long time ago. She said that she read about this a long time ago. I don't know if it was in a book. I want to say it was in a book that had a compilation of a lot of different types of uh, paranormal stories. And uh, so she wanted to tell me about this particular one because it's something that she had never forgot about. It just creeped her out so much she never forgot the story. So I know that some bits and pieces may be rearranged a little bit being that this was told to me. Okay. So apparently the story goes that there was this man and when he was young, him and his brothers liked to go to like carnivals and things like that. And on this particular day, they the carnival came into town wherever they were living at the time. And him and his brothers were going to go over there. And they also liked to go because a lot of girls went. So they knew that maybe they would meet up with some girls and all of this and that. So anyhow, um, one of their interests that they liked were, you know, a lot of these carnivals have like um, back in the day they would have like the bearded woman and different type of things like this. So they were there at the carnival and there was nothing new at this one. They were just like, well, you know, it's fun. And they met some girls and stuff, but there was nothing new as far as those type of interesting things, those type of people that, uh, especially the one brother was really interested in. So they were walking around and they were approached by this man. And this man started talking to them. And one of the brothers asked him, so do you work here? And he said, no, I tried to get a job here, but they wouldn't hire me. And then the brother said, uh, well, what happened? He And the man told him, well, When I showed them one of my tricks that I can do, they accused me of being a devil. So the guys were like, whoa, so okay, what were you doing? So he, the man told these guys and the girls, well, follow me back over here to where I live. And I'm going to show you one of the tricks that I did. The one that they accused me of being the devil. So they were like, Okay, because, you know, they're teenagers and they're curious. And they were like, okay, let's go. Let's go and see what this guy can do. And this was back now. This wasn't any time in, like, recent. This happened back, like, before or at the very beginnings of, like, World War II, that era, all right? So things were a lot more innocent then. They These teenagers knew that if they went to this house where this guy lived, well, it wasn't going to be anything um, that he was going to try to do to them. 
like today you can't do that kind of stuff. But anyhow, so they agreed and they went to this guy's house where he lived. So he starts doing this trick. He puts on gloves and he starts saying some kind of words, sounded like a different language, some kind of magic words, you know, and this and that. Then he pulls off one of the gloves. And when he pulls off the glove, the two girls started crying and screaming their heads off. And the guys are just like, whoa, wait a minute. So apparently when this man pulled off one of the gloves, his hand was a skeleton hand. And then he turned it over. He turned his hand over both ways so that they could see it was a complete skeleton hand. So now these girls just said, okay, we're out of here. So they open the door and they take off running out of this house. So the guys are like, okay, we better go get those girls. They're hysterical. So they start leaving this man's house. So this man comes out after them and he's saying like, hey, come on, where are you going? And he has this look in his eyes. That's all that was said to me. He had a look in his eyes. So I'm thinking maybe he had some sort of like look on his face, like a devilish type of look. You know, some people like you see in the movies, they, their eyes start squinting a little bit. They start looking a little evil. So the guys leave the house. And when the man's coming out, it it is said that there were some boards, two by fours and stuff like that laying around. And so the man, there were nails sticking out of these boards. And so the man came out of his house and he's stepping on those boards and the nails are going through the man's shoes into his feet. And so blood is coming out of the bottom of this man's feet. And he starts laughing and he's telling them and he's pointing at them with his skeleton hand and telling them, they said that I was a devil. Can you believe that? And all of this stuff. So in the meantime, now these guys are like freaked out also. So they start taking off running to catch up with the girls who were crying and all of this other kind of stuff. Now that is the only thing that she really recalled in detail about reading in this story. And um, I got to tell you, something like this reminds me of um, like a one of those really sinister type of dreams that you may have every once in a while. Um, an experience like this, I mean, my gosh, I would never forget it. I I don't know where this took place. I All I know is that it happened like in the early 1940s. That's all that I know. Wherever and whoever told this story was uh, that happened to him when he was a teenager. And she said that this book that she was reading was also pretty old. So maybe it came from like the early 80s. And this this guy was um, recounting this, but um, could you imagine 
And the way that he hooked them was actually kind of like telling the truth. I mean, he hooked them because, first of all, he knew what the one brother was interested in or the one friend, whoever. He knew where that his interest lied. So he used that to hook them and get them in so that he could scare the shit out of them, which he did. Now, do I think that this was the devil? No, I believe it was a devil or a... Um, this, yes, I believe that this was a type of demonic entity. But um, I, I don't know where... I don't know where else to go with this, guys. But, um, yeah, this one is pretty good. When she was telling me this story, I was just, like, trying to put myself into that place, into that experience. I don't know if I would have ran out crying and screaming like those girls did. Maybe if um, one of my friends pulled me like to get me out of my trance. But a lot of times when things happen, when I have certain experiences, I don't move very fast. Sometimes I will just have to remain, I'm not going to say frozen, but remain still for I can grasp the entire situation. So I usually don't take off running. I will usually try to figure it out quickly before I make a move for some reason. I mean, we all react differently. And just from my own experience, that is usually what I have done in the in the past. And even, um, I mean, as any recent experiences that I have had, I always first, before I would bolt, I would try to just like, okay, wait a minute. What just happened here? Or what, what is this? What am I looking at? So yeah, if one of my friends or whoever would have yanked me up and, you know, let's go, let's get out of here. That is probably the only way I would have taken off running. So but, but I, you know, just from my own experience. But, uh, yeah, that was really, that, that sounds like really something. She said that um, she's going to bring it. She's going to actually bring this book in. So we can, she said there are a lot of different experiences in there that people have sent in. And that was in the day when they used to have to mail the letters in. So this was probably... At the very newest, I believe, the very latest this book could be probably sometime in the 80s or the very early 90s. All right. So the next one that I want to share with you is now, this happened fairly recently. This happened within the last couple of years. And this was a grown woman and she got off work. She lived in an area where the buses ran till like midnight. So she got off work at 9 p.m. She would go to the bus stop, wait for the bus, and it would drop her off pretty much right in front of her house. 
So that is what she did just about every night when, when she was working. So on this particular night, and she was saying that where this bus bench was located, there were a lot of like empty fields and some kind of like a forested areas behind like that, that bus stop. So she was out there in this night and it was pretty, pretty dark. It was 9 p.m., little after 9 p.m. And so she's sitting there on the bus bench and she heard, she's like, I don't recall what the noise was that I heard, but I heard something that made me turn around. So she says she, she hears something, she turns around, and she said she sees this light out in the empty field. And then the light goes like into the tree-lined area. Then it came back out, come back around. And she said it was like floating looking, a floating looking light maybe about three or four feet off of the ground. So she was really like curious about it. So she stands up. She stands up. And she's looking at this light and she said, don't ask me why. I do not know the answer to the question that I know you're going to ask me, but I stood up and I started walking towards that light. But then where there was one light, another light appeared. And then another light appeared. So she said, they were like floating around and they were looking like they were like um you if you have ever seen like those um whatever what's the name of those flies that they glow anyways i don't remember the name of them they glow and this and that and they look like they're playing so she said they kind of look like they were playing for what some reason she started walking towards them she wanted to get close to them she wanted to see if they were those little flies or whatever those things are called, okay? So as she's walking towards him, she said, the faster I walked, the closer I got, I never could get to them. I never could get close enough. I could not get any closer than like, she's like probably about 10 feet. And she kept walking and walking until she caught herself and she was like, what am I doing? Why am I walking out here? So then when she turns around to go back to the bus bench, she can't find it. She said, while there was a lot of empty field on one side of this area, now she can't even find the empty field. Now she is just, she's like, like I was just in a forest. And she said, the forest was so thick I couldn't see the entire sky. I could see some little glimmers of stars every now and then. But the trees were so thick, there was no, I couldn't see a clearing of sky up above me. And so she's crying now and she's walking. She doesn't know which way to go. She's trying every direction to go into to get out of this place until all of a sudden she sees the sky is starting to get lighter because it's 
becoming morning. The sun is starting to come up. And she's standing there and she's crying. And these two kids walk like they're walking through a path. And they said, are you okay? And she was like, I'm lost. And they're like, no, you can't be lost. Look, right out there. It's the street. And so they helped her walk back out there. There's her bus bench. And she thanked them. They were cutting through that little area to go to school. She said it did not feel like that many hours had passed. She said, I felt like maybe I was out there for maybe an hour, an hour and a half. She doesn't know how this happened, how she lost time. She's like, I am telling you, I walked and walked. There was never a clearing. I never came out of that tree-lined area. She said, and I walked for a long time. So what happened there? And she even says, I'm afraid. She says that if those children wouldn't have been walking, cutting through that area on their way to school, she said, I'm afraid that I would have remained out there because I could not see my way out. Do you think it's possible that there was a portal out there? Do you think it's possible that these lights, fireflies, that's what they are, that these firefly-looking things were actually something more sinister And as she followed them, they had plans for her somehow. I tend to think so with this story, okay? I tend to think that these things manifested as little innocent firefly-looking things or little innocent some kind of light looking things because they were non-threatening and somehow compelled her to go walking out into that area at night. And she doesn't know why. I don't know why either. But for some reason, this affected her, her, her psyche. And that's how she was compelled to go and find these things. She says they didn't make any noise. Nothing. And first there's one. Then they multiply. Now there's three. And uh, also, the things happening in threes. Okay, and I don't know what time it was when 
she said that all of a sudden there were three of them. I don't know what time that may have happened because she did lose time. She was out there from like, I'm just going to say 9.30 p.m. till like 7 in the morning. She was out there for a long time. So those things could have came out like that at 2.30, 3 a.m. So um, that's, that's something that we'll never know, but is a real possibility. And um, it's also a possibility that she may, I mean, actually think about it. If nobody would have come walking through there, she may have been trapped there. She couldn't find her way out. She couldn't see the sky because the trees were so thick. But yet, she said, the trees were not all clumped together until they appeared that way at night. So there is something definitely sinister about this experience. You have some people now who say, well... It sounds like maybe it would have, it could have been an alien encounter, an alien abduction. That's why she lost time. See, that's a possibility. The other thing is, okay, maybe there is a portal out there and she stepped into it and so on. Well, that's a possibility also. A lot of these type of areas and... Um, it usually will happen in um, areas that are a little more like wooded areas, areas that are not as um, heavily populated. Maybe in some, I mean, they're, they're populated. There are people who go there and this and that. That's why, how we know about these experiences, but not like in a crowded city or any place like this where you just got people walking around there all the time, you know, like some of these hiking areas that are real popular. So you have a lot of people out there daily and so on. Well, I do know that there are people who actually open portals using certain types of musical notes. They will play certain types of uh, notes in certain sequences. And they will create portals. So when we look at different areas and wonder, how do these things just open? How does this happen? Well, that's one way that people create so they're, they're making more doors than may have been there to begin with. There are other ways, but this is one of them. Sound plays a huge part in many different things. It plays a part on how um, we feel. It affects us. Our, it affects us emotionally. It can heal people. It can um, make things move. I mean, a lot of this is known by many practitioners. 
but it all depends. It has to be a certain tone, a certain sequence, certain, you know, certain pattern, things like this. It's not, I know it's not easy, but I also know that there are people who are very well versed and have ability to be able to do this. So perhaps that's what happened there. It's very easy to say alien encounter in this and that. I like to look a little bit further out besides the usual. I mean, I'm not saying it's not possible because it very well is a possibility. But there are many others also, many other possibilities. What could have happened and what creates these doorways, these gates? Okay, so um, I really don't have a whole lot today. I wasn't planning on coming on, but because I have a broken down car, I am stuck at home with nothing to do. And I'm getting kind of angry. I'm telling you guys, man, this is like the second time within about a year that this car has been at the dealership getting repaired for something that's pretty like, how, how does that happen? I'm thinking with this latest thing, how in the world does that happen? Anyways, um, so I have some extra time. And I wanted to also say, because I have a lot of people now and they're saying, well, I really don't like autumn. I'm not looking forward to it and this and that. There are many people now who do not like autumn, but there are people who do not like summer either or winter. But um, these people now, they, one of the reasons that, that they don't like it, the people who have been uh, telling me these things is because for whatever reason, they don't feel good. They're like, every, every time when it's getting close to autumn, it's getting close to fall, I just don't feel good. And I feel sleepy and I feel this and I feel that. I feel sad. And I understand that. Because this is one of the biggest changes. Of course, all the seasons are about change, but this one is one of the biggest because we are going from summer, from especially like this year, very hot. And now, you know, you have the leaves starting to change color. They start to fall. Different things start happening along with the thinning of the veil. Even though the veil is already almost non-existent, I'm told that it is, it is still there. And so it becomes almost non-existent during autumn and during the autumn equinox especially. And many people feel that physically as well as mentally. Depends on our level of sensitivity. I feel it also. As a matter of fact, this year, and I've been telling you guys, I started feeling it like about a month ago. I could already feel it like coming on. It was almost like a tsunami off in the distance that it's like, okay, I'm beginning to like see the changes. I'm beginning to feel it as well as for whatever reason, you know, we have a lot more activity 
we have a lot more spiritual activity. One of the reasons is because during autumn, and we're coming up on the equinox, and other things also, but we've got the people who practice certain things who start doing this more and more. And you've got groups and you've got certain people, even unknowing to them, they are doing certain things at the same times other people are doing it in various cities and towns and counties and things like this. So it becomes very intense. So you've got all of that to contend with as well. The spiritual activity. So those of us who are sensitives can start feeling it much earlier. And I've been feeling this since I was a really young girl, like I was a little child and I could feel it. The thing about me though, is that I like it, whatever it is. And I cannot explain it. It's like something that's in the air, something that's in our visual. I like it. I know that um, a lot of people will say that, okay, well, you like it, but you can, um, you know, all my experiences and all the things that happened to me and certain things like that. Well, that is separate, actually, from how much I like autumn, especially now this year. It just, I, I was feeling it sooner. It's separate from that other stuff. It could be because of where the sun is located at different times of day now. The position of the sun changes from, you know, when it's summer to when it's fall and so on. But all of these things, all incorporated all together, just gel for me. And I just really like it. But along with that, okay, there is that undercurrent of this time of year. And we're coming up on Thursday and there's like that, I like, um, you know, you hear about the red tide and stuff like that. Well, it's almost like that underneath. So you have all of this beauty and this change and the weather, but there's that something down beneath. So it all depends now on our level of vibration. You know, that's what we talked about many times in the past. And now, all right, now is the time. If you haven't done it, if you've been okay, if you've been fine, if you kind of have mixed emotions, mixed feelings about the fall, now, if you haven't done this before, let's try raising our level. Let's try lifting all right, our vibration, as well as drinking water. There are a lot of you, I know many people who don't like to drink water. Well, I drink liquid, I drink tea, I drink this, I drink that. It's very, very important, guys, 
to drink water during this time. I I drink water pretty much, you know, like every day. I'm not a big fan, but I make myself drink it. And maybe that's one of the reasons why it's always affected me, but in a good way. I'm almost at like what I would call peak performance during the fall. It just seems like I become more aware. I just become more lively. In summer, I like that hot weather. I like that heat. That's physically. Except for the humidity and all that humidity we had this year. Well, that sucked. I could do without that. But the heat, like the dry heat, that is a physical thing where I like that. But in the fall, it's a little bit different because now it's a mental thing. It's just um, clarity. I have more clarity. I just see, hear, feel things with an intensity that I don't have any other time of year. I have been asked about moon water. I have been asked about sun water. I know that there are people who believe in moon water. I'm not one of them, but I'm not saying that, um, I mean, it's not going to do anything. I don't, I don't feel that it's going to do anything, but it's when you start really, really believing in certain things, that's when we change them, okay? So, I know people who say, oh, I put my, uh, like a pitcher of water outside at night during the full moon and things like this. They call it moon water. Or I put a pitcher of water outside in the sun in the daytime, especially during summer. Well, you've got your sun water. Does it have any positive benefits? I don't know. I guess it's, it depends on what you believe. To me, it sounds a little occultic. I really can't say for sure because I haven't studied that or researched it. But um, if you're interested in that, maybe you can look into it and see how you feel about it. So um, anyways, that's all that I've got for today. I hope that you enjoyed those things uh, that I shared with you. I know that first one really got me. I've been thinking about it, actually, ever since. And, um, yeah, it just, I mean, at first it doesn't really seem like it's too, too freaky or creepy or anything. But if you put yourself in that predicament, I mean, put yourself there and see how you would feel. Like, yeah, I'm, that would change, change everything, all right? At least for me. I don't know. I, I don't know where to go, where else to go with that. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take a look and see what other kind of stories are in there. I can share it with you guys, all right? Anyways, thank you so much for joining me. Some of these things that I talk about, I'm glad that I'm not walking alone. And I'm joined by all of you who are like-minded and who would like 
the same kind of things. Just looking. I look every day to read about something that's creepy, get a little bit scared. It's difficult. I guess it depends on, once again, the level of sensitivity. I've seen so many movies. I've read so many stories. I've heard so many experiences of people. It's like, yeah, it's kind of kind of creepy, but it's just not enough. So we just keep walking and keep looking. Be talking to you guys soon. Hopefully by Thursday. Ciao.